Welcome to the inaugural episode of Whispers of Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast where I read through the books for the first time alongside Lindsay, the expert. Lindsay, how you doing? I'm a little nervous, not gonna lie. This is, I believe, your first podcast? Ever. Ever, okay. Ever. So Lindsay's not quite the experience like me, as I think um. this is my fourth or fifth one. But again, my name is Brett. I have never read the books. I've watched all the movies. I've seen the first Fantastic Beasts. Forcefully watched all the movies. I forcefully watched all the movies as I believe they were a Christmas present yes. for you. Yes. Yeah. And what is your background with Harry Potter? My background is, I'm trying to think of really when I first started reading them, because I'm not going to lie, I was that person who watched the movies first. I don't know if I made it through all the movies. I think I watched one of them on TV one day and I was like, this sounds really interesting. So bought all the books, the whole cute little set for like $40 on Amazon or however much it was. Read through them all probably in a hot week. Slightly obsessed with it ever since. I've been to the Universal Studios in Orlando multiple times. Wizarding Worlds of Harry Potter? Yes. There's just a lot in the books that unfortunately can't make it into the, all the movies and i think you're gonna learn that reading it and that's what i'm excited about because i generally enjoy the movies but a big reason i enjoyed the movies was i've always been obsessed with boarding schools like new england hmm. style boarding schools like the first thing that i ever wrote in my life that was going to be either a novel or a screenplay was a new england boarding school Learn something new today. Yeah, and the inspiration for that came from a video game called Bully, which was about this kid who gets sent to this boarding school, and it has all your stereotypical things, like the jocks, all these cliques, and I've always been attracted to that. And so that's what Hogwarts and these ideas of these schools has really drawn my interest. And it's something that I just assume will be explored much more in the books than the movies. So that covers a little bit of our background and our interests. Another thing to cover that I know a lot of people may have qualms about is the whole J.K. Rowling thing. And yes, she's... Isn't a it Rowling? I believe it's, I, what I heard it was... Is supposed, it like an English accent thing? So it should be rolling. Well, I heard it was like bowling. She's anti-trans, transphobic, whatever you want to call Which it. Which we are 100% not okay with. We're not okay that with... That she's like that. We're not okay I'm with sorry. transphobia. That, yes, we're not okay <laughs> that she's like that. The first part of the episodes will be something called the common room. And the common room is where we will discuss the chapters from the story. There will be no spoilers in there. There'll be nothing from the future, nothing from the movies from the future. It'll be everything. If you have only read the first, for instance, this is going to be chapters one through four. Probably should have said that at the beginning. But it'll be chapters one through four. There will be nothing talked about in this section beyond chapters one through four. After that, and I will give ample warning, we will go to the Forbidden Forest. At which point from there, everything is on the table. Spoilers from movies, from the very ending, anything and everything we will discuss. A lot of that will be left to Lindsay to see what she may want to tell me or whatnot. But this is a warning. If you're coming into this fresh, do not listen past that part unless you care about spoilers. And when we're in the Forbidden Forest, feel free to comment and let us know, like, maybe I forgot something really important that we needed to discuss during that. Like, we're totally open for all sorts of responses from you guys. Again, this is kind of something for you. We're game for all sorts of comments and responses. Yeah, if there's something to leave out, let us know. So with that, let's head to the common room. Chapter one, the boy who lived 
We follow Mr. Dursley as he goes about his daily routine, you know, seeing cats reading maps, people in cloaks, and owls in broad daylight. <laughs> and is this maybe just a typical England thing? Right. You've been to England. I have been to England. Did you notice? That is true. I've been to London, too. Were cats reading maps? Um, not very often. And we kind of learned about Mr. Dursley very, very early here that he's very much an ordinary typical wants things a certain way and this being outside of his day makes him go a little nutso we talked about how uh jk rowling sucks she has nothing on seriously the dursleys they are the worst petunia does not want to discuss her sister which petunia is mrs dursley yeah petunia (laughs) petunia is mrs dursley and she basically talks about her sister as if she does not exist and that is also harry's aunt Correct. And we'll get into that a little bit more in the spoiler section. We also meet Harry's cousin, Dudley, which they 100% think that this little kid hung the moon. The inspiration from this, did this come from someone she knew? Did she have a friend or something that was just this worst kid in the world who was so spoiled? And again, this is something that I might have to throw out to the the wizarding world to kind of help me here. I don't I have not read anything like that, but I also have not tried to look it up. I'm sure almost everything in these books has been attributed back to something in JK's life. So I have a feeling there probably was that person or it could just be that quintessential. There's that asshole kid. Yeah. And I know a big thing with her was having to like take the train everywhere and being like almost homeless so maybe she actually i think she was homeless for a while yes maybe she just saw so many spoiled kids Mm -hmm. and was just like i'm I'm gonna put one of these i mean come on everyone's seen that kid crying his eyes out in the grocery store as he like holds onto his mom's leg as he's you know getting dragged across the aisle the big thing here that we are introduced first is albus dumbledore Whoop, whoop. Long robes, a purple cloak, high-heeled, buckled boots. He gets a very good intro. But the main thing that I wanted to discuss here is he has this little contraption called the put-outer. It's a very technical term. It's the put-outer where it literally takes the lights, like the street lights, and puts it in what I just assume, again, probably from the movies again, is like a little cigarette lighter looking thing. Yeah. But at first, I made fun of this because I'm like, oh, she must have been tired and put a placeholder in Because, again, I'm a very amateur writer, but I'll write things in as placeholders and it'll be just name or something and go back to it. And I was joking about how she didn't go back and actually fix that. But I thought about that as I walked by my dishwasher that washes dishes, my dryer that dries dries clothes, clothes. my washer that washes clothes, my heater... And I got to think like, okay, maybe that was actually a very pragmatic name that is actually pretty indicative of at least the real world. Maybe not the, I guess I'm giving her a hard time because it's the magical word. You're supposed to have all these crazy stuff, which I'm assuming is going to be a lot of crazy names. Yeah. So we get a huge description of Dumbledore, but McGonagall was barely described. I don't know. Am I I overthinking? Yeah. I didn't really see it as her barely described. Obviously, she was the cat, so they kind of use a lot of the similarities of the cat to describe her, you know, like the the way the glasses were and things like that. I, I didn't see it that same way of him getting some glorious description and her just kind of be like, whatever. 
Yeah, and we'll get to the next guy that shows up who, again, gets heavily descriptive. Yes. But before then, we get a dump truck of exposition that basically amounts to someone named Voldemort killed Lily and James Potter. And when he tried to kill Ere, his powers were broken and now he is gone. Which we also heard in the rumblings from Mr. Dursley, too, kind of the beginning of fireworks going on and people are whispering about Potters and you kind of get this little inkling feeling of was Harry my nephew's name? No, it was couldn't have been Harry. That's too whatever. Um, the Potters. No, no, no. I misheard that. That wasn't them. Well, McGonagall understands that this family is awful and just horrible. And she protests to Dumbledore, but he says, oh, it's okay. I got a note. The whole point of dropping him there, as Dumbledore, Dumbledore states, is he shouldn't know who he is because I don't want him to grow up, quote unquote, famous. And because everyone knows his name and McGonagall even says yeah, this is the most famous person. Yeah, like already. He's but a he's baby. like, no, nah, well, let's put him here and make him grow up normal. Now, do I think they really knew? No, knew, no. What that family was going to be like to him? Who knows? Because I mean, it's just McGonagall a baby. Did. She just knew that they were crap people. Well, I don't think crap people generally get a baby unloaded onto them and all of a sudden become stand-up citizens. It happens all the time with famous kids nowadays. Would you rather grow up with people not knowing who your parents are? <laughs> Dumbledore apologist. Your Dumbledore apology. <laughs> so the next person that shows up, and I actually wrote down this full description. It is um, Hagrid. How do you, is that how you say it? Really? Hagrid. Almost twice as tall as a normal man and at least five times as wide. He's big in the movies, but this is basically saying he is 10 to 11 feet tall. Yeah. I guess, no, I'd be actually probably over 11 feet. Yeah. Again, if it's, if it's the English, you know, English are English, I feel shorter. like what, 5'8 is the average man? Man, they're lucky, I think. Well, we just lost all English <laughs> uh, listeners. Uh, but yeah, I think probably like 5'9. I think that's just the general one. So he's between like 11, 12 feet tall. Okay. And then five times as wide as a normal person. That is just too big to be allowed. But if you're also that tall, being that wide, like, I feel like he, it's proportionate. I mean, like, I, I feel like you're not thinking of both directions here. No, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying it's not proportionate. I'm saying he's too big because I've been around like multiple seven foot people. people you mean too big to be a normal person? He's too big to be allowed. Oh. <laughs> it's, why is he he's so not big? allowed <laughs> well i don't know maybe we'll find out why he's so big but he's so wild long tangles of bushy black hair and beard hid most of his face he had hands the size of trash can lids again i'm kind of holding out what i think a trash can lid would be and it is again just absurd how big this dude is i think that'd be like three of my hands and his feet in their leather boots were like baby dolphins that is a description I've never heard, <laughs> and I don't know exactly. I don't know if he moves as good as a dolphin either. A well, maybe on land. Oh, and a baby dolphin too. Yeah, I don't know if Hagrid's got uh, the footwork to play the post. But <laughs> if Hogwarts has a basketball team, oof, he's got to be a, a Hall of Famer there. And in his vast muscular arms, he was holding a bundle of blankets. Dun, dun, dun. The boy who lived. Chapter 2, The Vanishing Glass. We skip ahead 10 years to, again, this just worst family ever. Harry lives in a cupboard. This is just abuse. 
in the show or the movie watching it, I'm like, okay, this is kind of messed up, but they not humorous, but almost where it's just like, Ooh, the Dursleys are like that. And Harry's just like, Oh, this family, but just reading it here is no, they lock a child in a cupboard. Oh, like all the time. Yes. And he, he gets to sneak out. So I guess well, I should say they don't lock it because he sneaks out. At they times. lock it sometimes. Okay. If you if you remember, like he was saying, I got locked in the cupboard because such and such blew up that this is where we start to kind of learn that we know Harry's a wizard because, you know, obviously we're reading the book about him. What? But we start to learn. He starts talking about how he would get in trouble because his hair grew longer when Aunt Petunia cut it all terrible and then it ended up growing like the next morning it was back grown he got locked in the cupboard for a week for that things like that so but we'll talk a little bit more about the the cupboard in the spoiler section yeah because it ain't about harry because today it's about birthday boy dudley but scandal he only has 37 presents they promise him two more and then he's placated by that so something to kind of think about if you're thinking about the movies, abnormally large boy from his, for his age he's because, like blonde, but he's blonde. Say, yeah. yeah. Which is a little bit different from the movies. He's the quintessential spoiled child. I'll admit when I first read it, I didn't really pick up on the 10 years aspect of it. And he acts like a two or three year old. 100%. And he's the same age, right? Yes. Okay. So that to me was, again, I believe that was purposeful. He's just that much of... A spoiled brat. But even more scandalous or problematic than only 37 presents, there's no babysitter. But fortune favors Harry there as he gets to go to the zoo for the first time. And I generally wonder, how many times has he been outside of that house and wasn't going to school? I don't think any, because they kind of explain that every year... They take Dudley somewhere and one of Dudley's little friends and Harry always has to go to the babysitter. They even mention like other times of going out to eat. Harry has to go to the babysitter. So they go to the zoo and Harry gets to actually eat some ice cream because there wasn't enough. No. So the person selling it, they bought some for Dudley and his friend. And then the guy selling it turned to Harry and was like, what do you want? And the Dursleys didn't want to be like, oh, no, 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 no. He can't have that any. That was the ice pop or a lemon pop. Yes, a lemon pop. So they got him like the cheap little lemon pop thing. So it's kind of funny because that's what makes me think that no one really knows what Harry's life is like in the house. Because obviously they feel like they need to keep up with some sort of social norm to buy him this ice pop. I guess and that's. Don't want to keep bringing this up, but is that like an, an English thing? Because like the that, social norm thing? Yeah, like that could happen here. You're right. Yeah, you buy Texas one kid one thing and not the yeah, other kid. You could just be like, no, nah, he don't get that. No yeah. one would be like, oh, I'm calling CPS. No, they'd be like, well, that kid could messed be. Up. Yeah, yeah, maybe poor, it's an English poor thing. Bastard, <laughs> right? Because yeah, you're right. They do, but he also does get to finish Dudley's ice cream when that it, he doesn't like, or he, he didn't get enough of something. He, yeah. yeah, something was wrong with it, so he got to finish it. Yeah, which I feel like is probably a thing that happens all the time, like in his past ten years of life. They make their way to the snake exhibit where Harry comes face to face with a boa constrictor from Brazil, and basically. The glass vanishes. It is different in the books than in the movies. Because in the movies, Dudley, who's by himself, there's not another friend there, mm-hmm. gets trapped behind the glass. Yes. And in the books, the, or the book, the glass just disappears and everyone just kind of starts freaking out. And another thing is, while the snake talks to Harry and says thanks, he doesn't say, does he actually say thanks in the movie? 
He says thanks he's, in the movie. In the book, he said thanks, amigo, trying to be thanks, like amigo. Brazilian, I guess. Which amigo is, I actually looked this up too. Amigo is the same in Portuguese as it is in Spanish. So it means like friend. So I learned something new about Portuguese. Right. And it's another foreshadowing thing for Harry of all these weird things happen whenever I get upset or angry or I want something. Next up, chapter three, letters from no one. And this I did not have many notes on it because nothing was happening except the same thing really over and over. It just kept going on and on. And I'll admit I might have really skimmed. Envelopes arrived with a crest bearing a lion, eagle, badger, and snake. Vernon tears it away from him and Petunia are aghast. I say aghast at what this means. I mean, it's pretty funny because... Can you imagine, first of all, an owl dropping off a letter for you? And then, I mean, literally the whole entire chapter, like you said, is just all these letters coming in the millions of different ways you can think. And it shows it pretty well in the movies, I think, in my opinion, where they're coming down the chimney, they're floating around the room everywhere. You know, Uncle Vernon's happy on Sunday because no post comes on Sunday. But and it's funny because they start to treat him better in this chapter because they're nervous about, you know, the wizarding world knowing that they're treating him bad. So no more cupboard room. Now he gets Dudley's second bedroom, which really the kid has a second bedroom. Dudley is not happy about that. Right. So at first it was, Oh, to the cupboard under the stairs, Harry Potter. Now it's to the second bedroom, Harry Potter. Like we see them and we learn the Dursleys, how truly afraid they are of this other world that they've known about for years upon years. And we're going to have to talk about this probably in the spoiler section. But he's been abused for 10 years and no one's done anything. And I'm hoping that somehow I get answers about that. I'm not holding my breath, though. But that basically covers this chapter. (laughs) Not too much else happens other than that. And they end up at a shack where someone is banging on the door. Chapter 4, The Keeper... Of the keys. Dursley has a rifle, which you put in here that he bought on the way. They make a comment when they're about to get on the boat to go to like on the island in the ocean that he like has this package that they stopped and got out of the way. Homeboy literally bought a rifle on the way. They didn't even say what kind of rifle it was, did they? No. It's like probably some single shot. Sure. Yeah, I'm wondering how common rifles are. Yeah, it's probably the same way here in America where in rural areas... That's probably pretty common to have a rifle. Definitely semi-automatic handguns might not even be legal. But the person banging on the door is that man that is two times taller than everybody and he's five times wide, Rubius Hagrid, the keeper of the keys of Hogwarts. At least he puts the door back after he breaks it. He does bust it down and then puts it back on there. I'm sure it was perfect. (laughs) What I loved about him, and what I could not get over, is his massive coat. So again, if he's 11, 12 feet tall, and he's got this coat that I assume hangs down to the floor, that he has a kettle in there, he has sausages, I, what else? He had a birthday cake. He did have that. Because he gave a cake, which, it kind of, he might, makes the joke of like, I sat on it, it might be kind of smushed, but I want to, I, along to your point, how long have the sausages been in there? 
What else is in there? I, uh, I mean, they don't. Do we really, want to know what else? A I, single say, man who lives in a cabin. <laughs> it sounds like a Harry Potter, uh, not a Harry Potter bag, a Mary Poppins bag to me, where you just keep grabbing it out of there. And this isn't even magic. He's not even doing magic. This is just str- straight up chilling in this coat. He has a letter of acceptance from Hogwarts. When he gives him this letter, he gets very upset that Harry's never heard of Hogwarts. You never told him anything like what the heck, which leads back to kind of that first chapter when we're like, what was in the note? Did Dumbledore ex- and, you know, instruct them? Don't tell Harry anything. Hagrid's upset that the Dursleys never told Harry anything, but maybe Dumbledore told them not to. Like, this is where I kind of feel maybe like the smidge bit of sympathy for the Dursleys, because in their mind, maybe they were trying to protect him. Yeah, I think it's I think they're definitely trying to protect him. But the abuse they didn't need to do what all they did to him i mean yes they're shitty yeah keep him under the radar but don't lock him in a cupboard and don't treat him just absolutely horrifically right but to hit on that acceptance letter from hogwarts that is what twitch actually uses for their partners program when you get accepted into their partners program the acceptance email basically like an owl bringing you a letter and running off. I know. Those copycats. So people that get accepted into the Twitch partnership, they kind of, in a way, get their letter from their owl. I hate y'all. Yeah. Those full-timers. We also get a little bit of background into Lily and James' death with Voldemort because Harry was led to believe that they died in a car crash. Hagrid's had enough of this talking, though. Again, he talked for a long time about all this. And again, it's more of this exposition dump. But he attempts to turn Dursley into a pig, but he fails. But he does turn him into, or he has a pigtail. Yes. And then he mentions that he is not allowed to do magic. So Hagrid asks Harry, hey, please don't mention this when we get back there because I technically ain't allowed to be doing no magic. Uh, So that's going to cover chapters one through four here in the common room. If you are not staying around to head with us to the Forbidden Forest, I ask you please take this time to rate and review the podcast wherever you are hearing this on. It makes a difference. And I know this from my other previous podcasts that I will talk about here again, that if you basically Google like Witcher podcast or Google it, the two that I have are at the top on Apple because there's enough ratings and reviews. Shameless plug. And it's highly rated so again please just take the 10 15 or so seconds for a review just be like wow this is good a plus 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 or if you want to tell us something like for real go in there but yes if just straight up review of just saying love this love the thought of it and rate it five stars if you're not going to rate it five stars then please don't rate it i don't want anything no i mean yeah people are like oh please rate review someone's like well i'm gonna give like two stars okay no 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 no, no. i don't want you i I don't want you not you But again, if you're going to take off, thank you again for joining us. This is the beginning of a long journey and adventure. And we will see you next week for chapters five through seven. So now we'll give you a little bit of time here to leave. And those that are about to enter the Forbidden Forest, get ready. Welcome to the Forbidden Forest, which I'm assuming I'll learn about why it is forbidden actually i mean not really they don't it's pretty funny because they call the forbidden forest and they tell them like don't go in here and literally every book they go go in there is it just a bunch of centaurs 
I mean, yeah, but I mean, there is, there is things. And I mean, there's unicorns in there. What? There's what okay. there's just, well, I mean, we'll there that. is a lot of things in there that no one, no unexperienced wizard should just go like galvanting off in there. Unless you're, but they literally Ron send them in there all the time. And Hermione, they literally have detention <laughs> in there. <laughs> you bet. Do they? Well, geez, Ooh, that'll be fun. All right. First thing we had down for this chapter though, was the behavior of the Dursleys and in particular, Mrs. Dursley. She acts like she hates her sister, which maybe like later in life, who knows what happened. But when they were younger, she was actually super jealous of Lily's magic and her getting accepted into Hogwarts. Um, She's a muggle, right? Yes, a muggle. Like you and me. Yes. So she honestly like um, Petunia even mails a letter to Dumbledore asking if she can come to Hogwarts. So it's kind of funny that she sits there and, I mean, you know, we just said this, that she was just aghast of what, you know, that letter means coming from Hogwarts because she knows what it means and she always wanted one. So it's just very funny that she just has such distaste for that world when she wanted to be a part of it. So in the end, it's just, it's a jealousy thing. Yeah, it's sour grapes. Yeah. So do the Dursleys care about Harry? They're terrible people. They're going, they're terrible people throughout the entire, entire, entire thing. They truly, truly are. Every single time he goes home, he has to go home because there's a protection on him as long as he's with family. That's why he keeps always having to go back. At the end, you know, in the Deathly Hallows, they're forced to leave their house because Harry's like, they're going to come here and they're going to torture you because they think you know something about me. And when they're leaving, it's kind of like a warm, fuzzy feeling moment because Dudley's the person that goes, why isn't Harry coming with us? Why are we leaving him here? Is that in the movie? L- like It's actually a deleted scene. Really? I'm pretty positive it's a deleted scene. In the movie, Like they just kind of like peace out. And yeah. um, there's a little bit of Petunia being like, which again, it kind of shows like how much she truly did love it's her sister. fascinating to me that they film a scene like that and, and don't put delete it in it. like it, because basically you're right. It's such a big character change that if you put that in there, then you realize, Oh shit, maybe Dudley did grow up or maybe, but he, he also just redeemable. wasn't enough of a character, you know, like yeah. really the Dursleys were always in the very beginning of every movie because it always started off like the end of summer. Harry's about to go back to Hogwarts. So he's at the Dursley house. Um, but he could have been like Loki could have came back and he's good. <laughs> yeah. It shows Dudley cared, yes, and it shows that he grew up and he wasn't always just an asshole. And it does show that Petunia did care about her sister and did love her sister, and her sister died. A family member. Do they know how? Yes. They do know that. They know it was Voldemort, a wizard. Yes, they know that she was killed. She was basically killed because she was a wizard. And um, I don't think they know all the details of like the prophecy and things like that, too, but they know she was killed because of her being a wizard by this other dark wizard. He who shall not be named. Right. So when I read about Hagrid arriving on this motorcycle, I was like, okay, that's the last time we're ever going to hear about this motorcycle. There's nothing important about that motorcycle. Is that I mean, correct? he does make a comment. He makes a comment that I borrowed it from Sirius, which kind of, so we know Harry ends up getting the motorcycle at the end. So like there's this from Sirius and leaving Sirius it to is him. Harry's, godfather oh godfather godfather that's right but it's kind of you know it's kind of like that big um what do you call it like a a full come everything coming full circle but it's very peculiar to me 
Sirius ends up going to Azkaban because they think he's a death eater that told Voldemort where James and Lily were. And that's how he knew to go to Godric's Hollow to kill them. It ends up being Peter Pettigrew. And they think Sirius killed Peter Pettigrew. Did they not think, did they not know that it was Sirius right then? Like Hagrid makes it seem like, hey, I just borrowed it from like, you know, friends Sirius, friends of James and Lily. No big deal. So you're bringing up all this deep stuff that I have no idea about. And all I'm doing over here is sitting. <laughs> He's literally just staring at I'm me. I'm staring at here. I'm staring here. I'm sitting here thinking, how the hell does Harry end up getting this motorcycle? Apparently he can ride it. But Hagrid can ride this motorcycle? Hagrid's too big to ride this motorcycle. How does he not crush this motorcycle? If he's five times as wide, he's going to look like those Harley Davidson Super big strong. dudes. Okay, this motorcycle, no, can also, motor this motorcycle can also fly. I'm not worried about that. I'll accept flying motorcycle. Hagrid can sit on a broom. You don't think the broom going to break? What's well, flying? So is the motorcycle. Was, was he ever on the ground riding it? No. He never did. He was never sitting on it. When he landed on the ground, he immediately... He's still sitting on a, on a broom up in the air. Same thing. That broom well, no. should crack, right? Don't you know gravity? Why is the motorcycle in there any different than the broom? I'm talking about the motorcycle on the ground. When he lands that motorcycle, does he like hop off before he lands? He's yeah. too big to That's be riding I'm a motorcycle. Yes. I'm just going to say yes. Okay. Mrs. Fig, you mentioned before, like was the babysitter. Yes. Which I might have to cut out. <laughs> Why? Didn't she mention her name? They don't mention her name in the book. Yeah, they do. Oh, they do? Um, yeah. Oh, no, they do. They mention her name. All right. Um, they mention her name. So it's kind of funny that you find out later that Miss Fig is actually like been put there by Dumbledore to kind of be his protector and watcher. Um, Harry's is what I mean. So it's kind of funny that like when she come when he when she has to babysit him, that all they do is like talk about her cats. You think that she would do something give him some sort of inkling of this is who you really are. Like don't these people just suck. Your parents are famous. You're famous, blah, blah, blah. But she kind of just leaves it in the dark. But we learned that she's actually put there on purpose. I think I remember her from the movies. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she gets killed. No, she doesn't. No, she, she gets attacked by Nagini. No, you're thinking of someone different. Oh, you're thinking of Bethilda Bagshot. If I'm saying her name correctly, okay. Miss Fig, um, get that person gets killed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Miss Fig helps in, um, I want to say it is, um, order of the Phoenix when Dudley and Harry are attacked by Dementors and Harry has to go to that's trial. Not the same nope. That's not the same woman nope. in the last movie that's in the, nope. Oh man, I thought it was just, that's who I was thinking of. I that's that thinking. No, that's a, she, that's a historian. Okay. That literally, that chick, um, that chick, that lady wrote go. a history of Hogwarts, the book that Hermione's like going to be obsessed with that you, Hermione. In, and in the books, she's literally obsessed with it. She literally mentions it, a history of Hogwarts all the time. She's the one that wrote that book. We're going to have a hard time when Ron and Hermione show up and I'm just brown chicken, brown cow. Well, that, and I'm just going to be like, hey, you know, anyway, <laughs> that'll be uh, i'll ruin the episode next week for that our last thing we have on here is about nagini possibly being the snake that he let out yes that you know there's the fan fiction or whatever that Nagini's a snake that <laughs> yeah yeah that <laughs> harry lets out at the zoo maybe it is maybe it isn't but this is what i'm going to say about it first of all the hair, the, the hair, Nagini, which is Voldemort's snake, never talks back to Voldemort ever. And this snake spoke to Harry. 
He was also going to Brazil. He really wanted to go to Brazil. <laughs> he was peacing out. Like we were just talking about when he kind of takes over Bethilda Bagshot's body in the Deathly Hollows, he still never speaks. He never, like he never speaks. He's just always motioning to things and things like that. So even if there was like the parcel tongue thing where he could speak, which she does technically speak in its parcel tongue or whatever. That's why I don't think it's truly Nagini is because the snake talked to Harry said, thanks amigo. Well, that is all that we have for chapters one through four. Those that have made it. I know I said it before, but again, I'm going to beg you to please rate and review. Yes, please. Five stars. And then just give, you know, a glowing recommendation, but even more important than that, if there's people you know that have read the books that may be interested in that, please share this with them. Word of mouth. The information for, I meant to say this earlier, I might have to intersplice it in there. Uh, we've got an email and we've got a Twitter. Please, any questions and everything. We got all that. We do have all that. And I might actually eventually get an Instagram. I'll put you in charge of the Instagram because you know Instagram more than that. And I Dang, I didn't know we had Twitter. an email and a Twitter. Yeah, we do. Thank you again for joining us. This was Lindsay's first podcast again, so... The cat's snoring. <laughs> the cat is snoring, and this will all be cut out. So yeah, it'll be all be cut out. But again, thank you very much for being here, and we'll see you next time with chapters five through seven. Bye. Ding, 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 ding.